What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Tuesday's episode of All Canadian Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill. We have a massive show today. The CFL is officially back. If you haven't heard the news yet, you actually live under a rock. We are so excited to talk CFL. We have a short bit of news and notes to get through before we do that. But damn, it feels good to say with confidence that the CFL is back. Yes, it is. And before we get to our main conversation today, I just want to remind you guys that Sauna City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This June, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code for the third straight month. You guys have been fantastic on this one. Use all caps CFP during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be a legal drinking age. And the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends over at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology, helping places like the CFL return to play. So for 15% off all your return to play whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15 at checkout. Again, that is CFP15 at checkout for 15% off all of your return to play whistle needs at Fox 40. News and notes. Let's dive into it because I am way too freaking excited to get to the main segment of this show. We're talking about a lot of return to play stuff. It's fitting that we are going to start with some U Sports action. The AUS, Atlantic University Sport, has announced return to play. Six game season, all teams set to start playing in September. Four-team playoff format instead of the usual three-team format. So that's a big, uh, that's a nice change-up for them. We will see that extra team. No more first-round bye in the AUS. So that marks three out of the four now. Can West is in. OUA is in. AUS is in. The RSEC likely in. We just haven't heard anything yet. I'm sure it's still trying to sort out the specifics of it. But if you remember a year ago when COVID broke and the season was axed, the RSEQ is still trying to find a way to play, so I'm sure that they're going to be on the field come this fall. Super excited that it looks like U Sports football is on the horizon as well. Sticking with the U Sports news though, but U Sports news in the NFL, Pierre Olivier Lestage, some news coming out of Seattle. Best shot to crack the 53 man roster is at center, according to Sports Illustrated's Ty Dane Gonzalez who said that the versatility of Lestage is an asset. We knew this coming in. But he says Lestage's best shot to crack the Seahawks' 53-man roster appears to be as a center. If Kyle Fuller struggles and Lestage plays well at both guard and center in the preseason, the job could be the French Canadians for the taking. This echoes something that we said earlier on this year, and we heard how much Pete Carroll is loving what he is seeing from the Montreal Carabin. And with Lestage playing center for Seattle, they have a shaky enough O-line as it is, but they believe they had found some guard center guard help last year. If Lestage takes away the starting job as an undrafted free agent, that's a huge crack to him and his camp for deciding to take less cash in order to go to a situation that favored him. So as we look at Pierre-Olivier Lestage, it's going to be something to watch as NFL training camps, mini camps get underway. 
in the next couple months and as we lead into the preseason. Those reps will be huge for him when the time comes. Guys with three-letter names, man. French-Canadian guys with three-letter names. They just go. You're just excited to bring up your guy Marc-Antoine de Croix again. I was thinking Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Very true. All of the Canadians under the sun. Moving into the last bit of news and notes here. An update on Bill C-218. That is the single event sports betting legislation. The third and final reading is to be held on Tuesday. So when this episode comes out, there will be a final reading on Bill C-218. The bill emerged out of the Senate Banking Committee last week with no amendments, meaning that it only needs to pass the final vote in the Senate meaning that it only needs to pass the final vote in the Senate chamber before heading to royal assent and becoming law. Our guy, Senator David Wells, says he's cautiously optimistic. I never want to say this is a done deal until it's a done deal. I've seen too many times where I thought things were a given and they didn't work out, but I'm cautiously optimistic on what's got widespread support among my colleagues and among Canadians. The Canadian Center for Ethics and Sport said it supports says it supports the bill as long as there's safeguards in place preventing match fixing. The responsible, ga- the responsible Gambling Council supports the bill, but it wants to see emphasis placed on consumer protection. So no gambling addiction, nobody getting into large debts. I mean, these are things that seem obvious, but they still need to be brought up. They still need to be said. Much like Senator David Wells, I don't know about you, Wade, but I am... Pretty optimistic that this gets done and over with before summer and before we hit the August 5th start date for the CFL. Yeah, I, I appreciate the CCES and the Responsible Gambling Council for their concerns. Um, I feel like these are built into the bill and the ideas that the Canadian government has for the rollout of single game sports betting. Uh, these are pretty crucial parts to any side of gambling. Uh, so I'm glad to see that those groups are there as well in this discussion and trying to have their input heard. If you do want to start gambling, though, I mean, there's a, there's a lovely website, bet99.com, bet99.net. You, too, can get 100% of your initial deposit matched up to $600. If you start off your, uh, if you sign up with the code CFP. That means you can get tons of boosted odds daily, as well as play any sport under the sun that you're looking at, even to the, uh, even going into MMA and tennis. So all of that is there for you. There's even celebrity betting occasionally. Uh, Connor, what are your favorite boosted odds so far? One of my favorite boosted odds that is out right now is the total receiving yards for Tim Tebow. In the regular season, total receiving yards boosted odd for Tim Tebow is at plus 125 for over 12 and a half. Do you think Tim Tebow is going to be able to rake in 12 and a half receiving yards on the season? I mean, all it takes is one catch. <laughs> all it takes is one. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know, but the odds are in his favor if he cracks the roster. So over 12 and a half plus 125. That kind of sounds like some money to the bank. Another one that's kind of interesting, if you are a Bears fan, who is going to be the week one starting Q? Justin Fields. Andy Dalton at minus 250, 
Wade's guy, Justin Fields at plus 200. We got Nick Foles way behind at plus 1600. A little bit of disrespect to the Super Bowl champion. The only Super Bowl champion at quarterback on the Chicago Bears roster. However, week one starter, I'd like to think it's Justin Fields. Matt Nagy loves Justin Fields. Plus 200 on Justin Fields doesn't sound like a bad bet. No, but it's, it's not close to even because it is such a close race. So there it is. Head to Bet99 for great odds. We got the Euros on. We got MLB action, NHL playoffs, MMA like Wade was saying. Ton of great things to go gamble on over there. As always, we are responsible gambling. Every game starts at Bet99. All right, that's it. We are back. The CFL 568 days since the last form of Canadian football was played in our great country. You don't want to mention that it was the Hamilton Tiger Cats great cup loss, eh? You just wanted to say last form of CFL football? No, because I think it was probably like 650 days since the last time uh, Jeremiah Mosoli took the field. So I'm not too worried about that because he's coming back in 51 days to be exact because that's how much longer we have to wait until the kickoff of the 2021 CFL season. Man, man, I am so excited to watch my Edmonton Elks take the field antler up. Elks charge today, Monday, as we were recording this, the CFL Board of Governors unanimously voted, wink, wink, nudge, nudge on that unanimously, unanimously voted to a 14-game schedule set to begin on August 5th. Schedule is going to be released on Tuesday, today. You bet your butts we are going to be talking about that on Thursday when we get back around to All-Canadian. Training camp set to begin July 10th as well. Yeah, the league is expected to play most of its games in August out in Western Canada. Dave Naylor did mention that the season will kick off out there as they are not quite certain of Ontario's return-to-play protocol as a province. Uh, That means that they aren't sure about fan capacity, practice situations. So the Western Canada... Uh, The provinces that make up and the teams that make up that section of our country have agreed to go ahead. So for the Ontario teams, at least, they will be starting out in a different time zone. 108th Grey Cup set to take place in Hamilton December 12th. I also read that it is possible for an eight-team playoff format. This is just a means. I think this is just going to be a one-year thing if it goes through. Uh, Naylor reported that it was going to be a means of driving more revenue for the season. You know, there was a lot of money lost last season. So that one's not necessarily a shock to me or something that I go, wow. Um, But yeah, 18 playoff format is possible. Fans attending games will be subject to health protocols set by each stadium, city, and province. As we mentioned with Ontario, that means we most likely won't see them in our province to kick off the year. But at some point, we will get fans in some format into the stadiums. And big ups to Randy Ambrosi, who says, We are on track to receive all of the necessary health and safety approvals thanks to our tireless medical advisors and staff and the dedication government officials who have been working and the dedicated government officials who have been working with them. He also added that, While the outlook for fans in the stands varies from province to province, we are confident 
that the process is also on the right track. The dude catches a lot of heat, like a lot of heat, but there's no doubt in my mind that he was working damn hard behind the scenes and that he wanted football in the stands. Sorry, he wanted football in Canada just as bad or more as the rest of us. For me, I think this comes down to, though, look at how many different health units he had to go through to get approved, right? He had to go through the British British Columbia, he had to go through Alberta, had to go through Manitoba, had to go through Saskatchewan, Ontario, and Quebec for all the six different provinces, six different health regulations and protocols. Because let's face it, Ontario has been locked down a ton compared to places like a Saskatchewan and a British Columbia and an Alberta. So for Ambrosi to get this back on track and on the right side, I'm extremely proud to have him leading the league in this uh, in this instant. One way I'm not so proud, the proof of vaccination. The league, from Ambrosi, the league will not implement a national policy regarding proof of vaccination for fans to attend games. If any such requirements are created, it will be done so by local health authorities. To me, I would really like to see just there's a little space on your health card, if you're in Ontario at least. Put a little marker there that says COVID vaccine. Just have it on there, distribute a new health card. Next time someone's is expired or if they just got it redone, ship them a new one. With that, it'd be easy. Just ask for ID, much like you're going into a bar, someone shows you the ID, COVID vaccine, in you go. If they have a legitimate medical exemption, instead of a COVID sticker, medically exempt and if they have nothing and they just don't want to wear a mask sorry you bought your ticket knowing otherwise that's not our issue have fun watching from a tv i agree on that i agree with what you said you know put a little spot for a sticker whatever you got to do but one thing that they could do i mean it's really really hard to tell people that they have to be vaccinated that's kind of a an ethical thing whatever one thing that you could do, they could steal the idea from Major League Baseball and have a vaccinated section and a non-vaccinated check section. If you want to be non-vaccinated, that is your choice. I still think, go get your needle in the arm. It's just for the betterment of your health. But you can't force people to do that. Have a, have a non-vaccinated section, separate entrance. They're not allowed to go outside of their area. And then have a vaccinated section. You don't need to have a large non-vaccinated section, but still... If you want 100% capacity eventually and you can't force everybody to get vaccinated, I think that's kind of how you have to structure it maybe. I like that. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry if I was unclear, but the, the forcing people to get vaccinated, if you have like a religious belief that prevents you from doing any sort of Western medicine, um, by all means, like that, that is your choice. I'm not trying to force you away from a CFL game, but if we're worried about getting fans in stands... They need to get to 100% capacity and they cannot do that without people being vaccinated in the facility. It's great if we keep shrinking that non-vaccinated section, but at some point that section is going to have to disappear because they need to fill every single seat that they can. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, I mean, that's something to think about. It's going to be one of the hurdles that the league still has to face. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're not in the clear here. There are still hurdles that the league is going to have to face such as Ontario. Ontario Sport Minister Lisa McLeod, and we'll get, we'll get into this a little bit later. We do have some talking points to go through. We are not done when we run out of these talking points. Don't worry. We're going to be talking about this 
Probably for the rest of the episode. For the rest, for the rest of the night, even once we jump off air. But Ontario Sport Minister Lisa McLeod says, we have finally come to a place where we can now say to the Red Blacks, to the Argos, to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, we are in a position to get you back on the field. They'll be able to operate and practice and eventually get into games through the cohorting. McLeod said they just have to meet the key features of the framework. The local health units would have to sign off in Hamilton, Ottawa, and Toronto. I'm confident that they'll be able to meet these standards because they've been part of this process. But these key elements for Lisa McLeod's framework, private COVID-19 screening and testing, assigned cohorts with limited or no interaction between different cohorts, practice training, competition protocols, accommodation, travel, and transportation service protocols, and individual control measures when not training or competing, such as physical distancing and the use of face masks. All of that's pretty standard, but I guess this is a good place to jump in to our kind of next segment. We're, we're going to talk about all this stuff. It's a big day for the CFL. Rob Van Stone of the Leader Post said it best. I saw it on Twitter from him. It was one of the most important meetings in league history, and this time the governors got it right. I totally agree with Rob Van Stone here. This is, this is the biggest moment in CFL history in our lifetimes at least, but in the last half century of the CFL. This is the, this is the moment where the CFL was dead on the ground with 1% of its body functioning, and they willed themselves, kind of like Rocky against Club Lang or Drago, where he wills himself up off the mat, and he stands up in the corner, and he gets ready to fight again. This is that moment for the CFL. They are getting ready to fight. And because they are all united on this path, it's going to make the fight a lot easier. Bigger than any Grey Cup game. Bigger than any Battle of Alberta. Bigger than the CFL Southern expansion. It was... Wade's right. It was arguably the biggest moment of our lifetime of the last half century in CFL history. The league was on the fringe and teetering off the edge. Now we can confidently say, August 5th, we are going to be able to sit our asses in front of a TV and watch a CFL freaking football game. We're not going to be able to be in the stands yet because we're in Ontario, but we'll get there. I'm just happy to say that we can sit down August 5th and have a freaking CFL watch party. The kickoff of that watch party will be the beginning of a 14-game schedule which will be released later today or earlier today, depending on when you're listening to this episode in the Tuesday. Don't worry. We're not going to talk much about that now because we are going to give you some of our favorite matchups and stuff on the schedule Thursday's episode. So with that, we move into no games in Ontario in August. You heard us talk about that a bit earlier when we were going through the initial releases. Dave Naylor. The CFL schedule will be released Tuesday. There will be no moving games back to Ontario or Quebec in the first few weeks. No matter how much things improve or how much stadium capacity is allowed to be used by fans in those provinces. So regardless of what zone we are in, what level of restrictions, however many fans they say they can pack into TD Place or Molson or BMO or Tim Hortons Field... Does not matter. The schedule is going to stay out west and then come back east after a couple weeks. 
Good news for fans of Eastern Conference teams, though, or those living in the Eastern Conference team zones that are looking to get into the stands. This kind of falls in line with Ontario's plan for stage three of reopening. Should everything go on as scheduled, Ontario is on track to hit stage three before the CFL even kicks off. So that bodes very well for Ontario fans of the CFL. Games, again, to reiterate Wade's point, games will stay in the West. But once that period is up, hopefully it'll be a seamless transition into the stands. And thank you so much to Dave Naylor for being the CFL newsbreaker extraordinaire. Uh, I think probably 99% of CFL fans uh, were locked and loaded with tweet notifications turned on to his Twitter account for this announcement. So we are just breaking a small portion of what he tweeted out. Uh, he is absolutely the king at it in Canada. I think that was the first thing we did when we woke up this morning was bang, turn the tweet notifications on for Naylor. They stayed on all day until that news broke. So I uh, very much appreciated for the CFL fans. Something that's not so appreciated is Lisa McLeod and her return to play protocols that we had just talked about. If you think about it, We've been in this for over a year now with COVID. We've always had cohort sizes. At what point has a cohort size reached 45 people? If we are to put our teams into cohorts, I'm going to guess that they're divided into offense and defense. There's a third of the Canadian football game and a third of football in general left out by those cohorts who cannot intermingle or mix. Arguably the most important part of the game, too. How do we do special teams, practices, plays, meetings with no intermingling of cohorts, which I'm assuming are going to be divided into offensive and defensive units? I, I have no idea. I don't know. And that was one of the first things that we talked about when we saw this. Because the Ontario return to play process was announced this morning before the decision by the CFL Board of Governors. And Wade and I were kind of sitting there going, but what about the, the special teams aspect, though? What and about I, Lewis Ward's field goal unit? <laughs> and I, I totally get where Lisa McLeod's coming from. She's trying to do the right thing and keep everybody safe and follow protocols and guidelines, but you forgot about special teams. You forgot about the specials. Money Lou. Money Lou, yeah, I mean, he kicks field goals, but you need you need a line unit, you need a holder, you need special teams players, and special teamers are often both offensive and defensive players. So for me, that was just a little bit head-scratching. Again, we don't have a, a full breakdown of exactly what she said, exactly what these protocols are, exactly what the ongoings are, and hell, I mean... It's June. We have a confirmed August 5th start date for the CFL. Between now and August 5th, who knows what these protocols are going to look like. They could change. They could be amended. But from the onset, from the break today, it was, it was just weird to see. It's tough to, it's, it's tough to coach football in cohorts. Because of the size of the roster. I mean, a basketball team is what? 20 max? A hockey team? Max. 
a hockey team is, you know, four, three, four lines. That's, I don't know, 18 to 23 with your goalies. A little bit more manageable, split the ice. You can still kind of do it. Football, and I mean, I'm, we might catch some heat for this, but football is a, a large sport, very, very, very much team-oriented, more so than I would argue hockey or basketball. You are heavily dependent on the guy beside you, on communication, on talking to those offensive groups, on DBs getting in front of wide receivers. How do you do one-on-ones in cohorts, man? Like, how do you run Skelly? How do you run team? This, to me, is just a little bit weird. I agree. And another thing that seems weird at the start, but I think I could come around to, eight-team playoff format is in the works, which means everyone but one person makes the playoffs. Again. Who's going to be the one team that doesn't make it? Ottawa. Sorry, dudes. (laughs) Or BC. It could go either way. Hey, Nathan Rourke's going to get him there. If he gets a shot to play. Mike Riley. Oh, I right, do that right. all the time. Sorry, guys. Uh, you have written here, why not all nine teams and then give one team a first-round bye? I think it's because they want there to be that fear of, if we don't play well, maybe we're the one team. <gasps> Who would want to be the one team that doesn't miss? I don't know. It guarantees you the first overall pick uh, and a whole lot of ridicule and shame. So if I was one of the nine teams, I know they're all fighting for a playoff spot. But that ridicule and shame of being the one out of nine that doesn't make it, I would hate to have that. And I've lost a lot of games. I have lost a lot. Yeah, knows that all too well at the University of Toronto. What, did you have an 0-8 season? Yes, we did. We ended on one. That's how my career ended. So, very lovely. That's a tough way to go. I mean, I never won a panda, so... But yeah, no, I I just... Thank you, Nate Bahar, (laughs) for that one. I would like to reiterate, thank you, Nate Bahar. And I guess we can throw in Tunde Adelike as well for keeping Connor winless in the Panda game. Two studs. Two studs. Damn it. Arguably two of the greatest Ravens ever. Yes, that's right, Carlton. We saw your Madden 22 to-go edition. That's my vote. Nate Bahar, Tunde Adelike, without question. Jesse Mills, Tanner DeYoung. You want both quarterbacks. All right, we can get behind the quarterbacks too. No, I mean, Tunde and Nate are the two obvious choices. Damn good players in their own right. Um, Jack Kassar, a little bit of an underrated pick in there. Throw him on the cover. He, he's a dark horse to make it. I, I'd like to see a full vote here. So the, the Carlton Ravens social, uh, football, your social media team, always has fantastic stuff. Let's get a full vote going. Let's get, let's get this sorted out so you guys can put out a sweet roster. But yeah, coming back to the original point of the 18 playoff format, I get it, like we said at the top of the show, it's to regenerate some of that revenue. Um, but it's just, you're leaving one team out? You're leaving one team out? Why not? I have written here, you know, give, let all nine in, give a round one bye to the team with the best overall record. I'll take that one step further. Three first round buys, best overall record gets a bye. The next two, get a, the next two best get a bye. Have the last six teams duke it out. To see who moves on. Do kind of like maybe a play-in or a wild card. I don't know. So I just, then what? You it's get, weird. You get like what? Two, three weeks of first-round buys for the f- best overall team? I don't know. You I'm just trying to work around like this 18-team playoff thing. I don't know. It's just weird. 18 playoff leaves a lot of room for upsets, though. So that could make some great storylines, great TV, great social media content if they want to market it that way. 
Fine. Shame walk. Game of Thrones, shame walk the team that gets left out of the playoffs then. Yeah, they get they get kind of booed out of their stadium be, by the fans because it will be embarrassing. You have to be paraded from your city hall to your stadium. Kind of like the Browns 0-16 parade. Exactly. All right. We With can the bells. That. Shame. 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 All right. We are going to leave on one final note. With the CFL coming back. August 5th is the date. December is not too far away from then. What's happening in December, you ask? Oh, just the Grey Cup Festival. Coming back to the hammer. Grey Cup 108 officially set in stone. We are rolling. Grey Cup Festival, not a big deal to some. To a lot of CFL fans, this is what they look forward to all year round. And really, for the last two years, since we haven't had a CFL season. December game, though. Are you concerned that the weather might play a factor in the game? No. There's been a lot of pushback about this. Oh, what about a December Grey Cup? Oh, it's going to be cold. Wake up. You're in Canada. You play into November anyways. It's probably going to be just as cold December 12th in Hamilton as it would have been November 24th, which was 2019's Grey Cup. So, I don't know, man. No. I'm not concerned about the weather. We've seen snow games. You're in Canada. It's going to be cold in November, December. Deal with it. We've seen outdoor Super Bowl games in February, for God's sakes. If you really were concerned about the CFL and the weather you would play in, you would have gone to the Mexican Football League, where it is always sunny and warm. You would not come to Canada to play in snow and sleet and hail and rain in the cold days. It's a part of the game. It's a part of the league. It's a part of being Canadian and dealing with winter weather. I mean, we can't all be snowbirds and go down south. I, I, I think it's not a big deal. Uh. The grounds crew will be on top of their game for weeks leading up to this in Hamilton. I'm not worried about it at all. I'm going to date us here a little bit, but you and I played in EASA, Eastern Ontario, football semifinal against each other in the snow, in the middle of November. We were on the field. It was damn cold outside. Once you get running around and get playing, you're fine. We were on a high school sideline. Let's not, let's not forget that in the CFL, they're going to have warming racks on the sideline. They're going to have heaters going. Yes, it's going to be cold. But once the adrenaline kicks in and the game kicks in, all you're going to care about is hoisting that great cup and cracking those cold beers at the end of the game to celebrate your win. And if you're in the stands, don't fret. Just buy a couple rounds of whiskey, get the liquor sales up, get the body temperature up, and enjoy some great cup football because you haven't had it in two years Stop complaining. You're back at a CFL game. Staying on the Grey Cup. It's going to be in Hamilton, the 108th, December 12th, Grey Cup Festival. Do you have a wish list? Is there one thing that you really want to see? I want to see Hamilton be the host city when the Hamilton Tiger Cats break the streak of not winning a Grey Cup. You know, they could have done it two years ago. They could have, but without Jeremiah Masoli, it was a tough task by anyone's realistic point of view. 
So do you have a realistic wish list for the Grey Cup Festival? Yes, Jeremiah Masoli to be the best player in the game and hoist that lovely silver trophy above his head after the game. That's all I want. Grey Cup Festival, you know there's going to be people drinking, good food, good times, good music. I just want to see Jeremiah Masoli holding it up. That's all. That's it. I'm a simple man. I ask for very few things in life. Just a Grey Cup win. That's all. Just Jeremiah Masoli holding a Grey Cup. That's it. It is not that hard of a task for me to ask for it. Please, football gods, help me. Wade's going to be praying to the football gods every morning for the next 51 days until the season starts. He's got a damn good shot, man. I don't know. Jeremiah Masoli back with the Ticats does strike a little bit of fear into my heart. But now I'm out of the Eastern Conference, so not as much. I am aligned with the Edmonton Elks. I, I'm going to be rooting along with you. I don't know. I, 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 I'm a sucker for pain, I guess. Not that you experience much as a, as a Ticats fan, except for the, you know, having, the eventual having won a great cup in this year. millennium. But One playoff collapse every year. That's all you can count on. All right, so I guess uh, I get to say something for a wish list now. It's not as uh, it's not as boisterous as Wade's wish list, but I just want to see the Arkells sing O Canada and Hamilton. That's my wish list. I want the Arkells to sing the national anthem before the game kicks off. They're from there. Great band, great music. Let them sing O Canada. Hell, let them play the halftime show too. Hell, I'll go one step further. Let's have them as a. Let's have them as the. They can beat the coin. They can perform during Great Cup Week. They can come out and do the pregame show like the Reclaws did. And then they can sing O Canada, flip the coin, and go enjoy the rest of the game for themselves. Um, I'd like to see the Arcalza. That's a, that's a great idea. On your behalf, I'm sure the city of Hamilton is already all over it. Another band that we could see from Ontario, though, the Glorious Sons. They will be just wrapping up. Oh no, they'll be just getting into the Canadian leg of their tour. So maybe they've got a weekend booked off in early December. They can flip into Hamilton from the States and play a few songs here and there. Who knows? I'd like to see the Glory Sons at the halftime show. Uh, that's just me being greedy again, but. Staying local with that one. Local to Eastern Ontario. I like that. I like that one a lot. As always, though, thank you guys so much for joining the episode. There's a lot of excitement now. We've been building and building and building to this point for a year and a half. We would just like to say thank you for sticking along with us for the ride. It's been a long one, and we're just getting started now that the CFL is back. You sports to follow. We finally get to cover a football season. And as always, I'm Wade Zanketa. He's Connor O'Neill. At Wade Zank, at Connor O'Neill, at CF Perspective on all your social media platforms, including Reddit? CF Perspective is now a part of CFL Reddit? That's right. You can look for us and our hot takes and memes out there. Uh, but first and foremost, before we let you guys go, we just want to remind you that the Canadian Football Perspective podcast is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. For 15% off all your return to play whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15. And Sada City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sadacitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more 
this June, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. So use CFP during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping's available to Ontario residents only. You must be legal drinking age. Go ahead, spend $100, get some free shipping, get an order in to celebrate the start of the CFL season. Stock up on Sawdust City so that you can have it all season long. Wade and I are going to go crack our celebratory Sawdust City beer right freaking now. The CFL is back. August 5th, happy to say it. We will see you guys on Thursday. Breaking down the schedule announcement coming out today.